Publisher Podcast, episode 56. Well, hello, everyone. So today's interview is about publicity and PR, but it's kind of a cool different spin on it. Uh, Lillian Sue is also a mindset coach with basically, she doesn't call herself as a mindset coach, she calls herself a publicity and PR coach. But what's interesting about her is how much time she spends working with her clients on working through the mindset blocks that hold you back from doing your publicity and PR. I thought this was an incredibly interesting interview and I hope that you enjoy it. Um, just one last thing, we are still at $100 off on the early bird pricing for the Women in Publishing Summit. It is early December 2021, in case you are listening to this way in the future. But I do encourage you to head over to womeninpublishingsummit.com and grab your ticket while it's only $97. It's a steal of a deal for the massive amount of content that is over there. While you're there, check out our events tab and make sure that you're registered for our upcoming free webinars and our paid uh, training sessions. We've got a lot going on over the next few months and I would hate for you to miss out on it. So thank you all. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your Welcome to another episode of the Publish Her podcast. I am very pleased to bring you a PR coach and publicist. And you know what? I just, I love talking about PR because I feel like this is, unless you're trained in publicity, which is different than book marketing, um, you know, marketing yourself, publicity around yourself is different than, you know, some of your traditional book marketing, find reviewers, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And sometimes people don't understand the difference between the two areas. And I have brought to you today, Lillian Sue, who is a longtime PR coach and publicist specializing in empowering authors and other creative entrepreneurs to build healthy PR mindsets pushing past mindset blocks like imposter syndrome, which obviously is another issue when talking about publicity, to launch successful PR campaigns. Through her strategic coaching intensives, coaching programs, self-paced hybrid PR course, and campaign services, she's dedicated to providing authors with the right tools, resources, and personalized support to teach them how to build a PR strategy that works. So thank you very much for being here today and talking about this. Marketing is just hard. Marketing yourself is hard. Publicity feels like just a big ball of like, oh my gosh, how do I even tackle these things? So thanks. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Always happy to uh, help out wherever I can and, and answer questions about PR. It's it's what I love doing and it's what I love being able to help authors out on, right? So I'm yeah. happy to be here. That's great. So here's what happens, what happens on my end. We offer marketing and book launch services. And what will often happen is we have an author come in. We do very traditional book marketing things. We submit for uh reviews. We find influencers to review the books, book talkers, bookstagrammers, all those kinds of things. We make sure that it's um, on Goodreads and run giveaways and things like that. We do not do PR and so many people don't understand the difference. Would you please explain what PR is versus book marketing? PR is probably the most cost-effective way 
to build your reputation and raise brand awareness by building third-party credibility. And what I mean by that is when you reach out to these different media outlets, what you're doing is you're building relationships with them. And it's third-party unbiased relationships that you're building because you're not paying these media outlets. They're not related to you. They're not, you know, your friends or anything like that. And they have chosen to support you and your books because they love your story. They love your book and they believe that it's compelling enough that their audiences are going to want to hear about it. And it's a great way to build credibility because the higher profile media outlets, the more clout they have, the more of a larger reputation that they have. So the more that you work your way up in doing PR to building your way up to getting that mainstream media coverage, your TV, your radio, your print, the more you build your reputation as a global industry expert as a leading author and as somebody in the industry that everybody needs to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And that everything you just said is scary as I'll get out for most people because they're like, what? I need to form relationships with TV producers and all this kind of stuff. You know, uh, where do you even start? PR starts, uh, I talk about it as it, it, the cornerstones of it are four different things. Mindset, mm -hmm. positioning, diversification, and consistency. And the big part of mindset basically is what is the core attitudes and beliefs that you have about yourself as an author, that you have about your books, and that you have about PR that might be stopping you from moving forward. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the things that I am con I come in contact with a lot when I talk to authors on discovery calls, when I'm coaching them and everything, a lot of them buy into a lot of myths about PR that are stopping them from moving forward. Things like, oh, I need to have a larger audience before I qualify for a PR campaign. Things like, oh, if I see another author get featured in the newspaper, that must be because they got lucky, mm -hmm. right? Or, oh, if I work with a publicist, that means that I can just give them everything and then be totally hands-off. So my job, um, which I do through my social media content, which I do through my email newsletters and through my coaching sessions with authors, is to break down why do you believe these things and why these myths are wrong, right? For example, there is no set of criteria that an author needs to qualify for in order to run a PR campaign. There just mm -hmm. isn't. Right. What's key to that is figuring out, in order to figure out how to move forward, you have to know what your goals are. And I, and I don't just mean, oh, I'd like to sell my books. I want people to read my books. I'm always encouraging authors to go a little bit deeper than that and really dig into what do I want to accomplish 
three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, do I want to do the author signings? Do I want to appear in more workshops? Do I want to do more conferences? Do I want to diversify my PR campaign and, and learn how to manage like interview questions? Really mm -hmm. kind of oh, diving, mm -hmm. diving deep into what is it that you want to do? And the other question, follow-up question to that is, like, what is it that you want to do that you haven't been achieving up until this point? What has your marketing strategy been up until this point? And are you actually reaching your goals with it? If the answer is no, then what are you prepared to learn how to do? Do you want that knowledge? Do you want that skills for yourself so that you know how to manage a campaign on your own? Or would you feel better with getting uh, some, you know, expertise to actually help launch the campaign for you to do that on your behalf. And one of the things that I focus on um, really in my business is education, because I believe education is empowerment, education is confidence, and education really helps people bust past those mindset blocks of, you know, I don't feel like anyone wants to hear my story. I feel better staying within my own um, author community or on social media because it's under my control. And, and they get scared mm -hmm. of building a PR strategy because it, it seems so big. Mm -hmm. So that's why when I talk to them about it, I always say, break it down into bite-sized chunks. First of all, think about what your goals are and what it is that you want to accomplish that you're having trouble accomplishing right now. And then really dive into the next part is positioning. And positioning is a big one because there's so many authors out there that write in the same genre. And I always tell them, I say, you have to go deeper than that because there's thousands of authors that write in your same genre. What's going to make you unique and make you stand out isn't what you do, but how you do it and why you do it. So what, what's the story? How did you write this book? Why did you write this book? What was your process like? Are there certain things that um, you decided to put into the environment of your book. You decided to write certain characters because of an impact on, on your life. These are all unique things that are part of your story that will make you stand out. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that um, every time I talk to a publicist or we do webinars or in podcast interviews or any of those, like that's the, the biggest consistent thing um, that I hear is, uh, the idea that, you know, we think as authors, oh, we're so excited. We want to tell the whole world, oh, I just published a book. Come let me talk about my book. But in reality, like there's so many people publishing books and that is just not interesting. What's interesting is what their audience wants to hear about. And that's backstories or what you can teach them or other, other knowledge base that you have. Uh, again, primarily talking about nonfiction authors here and maybe even memoirists, but not necessarily fiction writers, correct? Just anybody even. I, I work with a lot of um, fiction authors and I've worked mm -hmm. with nonfiction authors as well. 
who all have their own unique processes mm -hmm. to doing the research, to writing, to revisions, to finding a cover artist or doing their own cover art or, you know, creating um, fun things that they use to interact with their own communities like character art and things like that, that really make them stand out. But it's diving into these things mm -hmm. that, I find a lot of authors find really hard because they're self-conscious mm -hmm. and, and I hear it all the time. It's like, why can't I just let my book stand on its own merits? <laughs> you know, why, why do people need to learn more about me? And my thing is, is that when people love reading a book, when they buy into uh, the world created in a movie, you know, they do that not just because they love what you've created, they also want to know more about you. Who you are matters when it comes to how they feel about the project and about the characters in there as well. So it's really about getting them to push past being self-conscious, push past that fear, push past that imposter syndrome and feeling like, you know, no one wants to hear my story. Yeah, so it's really like, you know, when I approach different mindset blocks with them, I'm like, okay, you think that for whatever reason that you don't have a large enough platform to quote unquote qualify for PR. Why do you feel that way? What is it about PR that's scary for you? And I always say to them, here's how to take the fear out of it or move forward in spite of being afraid. And that is breaking it down into bite-sized pieces of what are my goals? How am I positioning myself? And then when it comes to actually breaking out into the different portions of the strategy, what is my story? How much am I prepared to share about my story? Because I know that if I'm doing interviews, people will ask me questions about these kinds of things. So I need to get comfortable sharing um, answers to these questions. How do I do that? And then talking about things like media kits. How do I want to represent myself and my book visually on an audio platform, um, whatever it is, that will make it more engaging for them to want to book me for an interview? And a lot of times people get overwhelmed when they're talking about researching people that they want to connect with. Break that down into smaller pieces again. What's your genre? Focus on your genre first, because then you at least know that the people within your genre talk to romance authors and writers all the time. Horror, crime thriller, sci-fi, whatever it is that your genre is, you know that these people cover your genre as it is. And when you're doing that research, really figuring out what is unique about my story that I am prepared to put into an email to these people to see if that's going to catch their attention. And I think what also scares people is that they feel like a lot of this needs to be really formal and professional. When you are talking to genre-specific media, a lot of this media is run by authors just like you who are doing the podcasts, who are doing the blogs, who are running the websites. So they know the ins and outs of that. 
There is absolutely nothing wrong with you approaching them and just going, hi, my name is so-and-so. I have, um, you know, I've just released my book on, on this, this and this, X, Y, Z, and I'm an author that does X, Y, Z. Would you be interested in having me come on for an interview? It's not all as much of a formal business transaction as a lot of people seem to think it is. But you have to be willing to make that effort. You have to be willing to push past that fear and go, okay, even if I just take one step forward today to pitch to somebody, what does that look like? And then once you do one, you keep rinse and repeating that, you start to feel more confident because the more that you send out there, the more likely you are to get a response. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think one of the pieces that you just said is really important to break down. Like when people think about publicity and PR, I think our minds often jump to, you know, like pitching the Today Show, which I imagine would be a very formal process. But I also imagine that unless you're famous or or you did something really incredible or your book is just blowing up in terms of like people talking about it, like that's probably not going to be where you're going to want to start anyway. You probably want to start back with the smaller, smaller blogs, podcasts, um, smaller or larger, you know, and, and go that route. So where do you, when you're working with authors to figure out their plan, what is the, what is the plan that you put together for them? Where do you start? What do you create? What do you send and, and to whom and at what point in time? That's a lot of questions. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on whether or not they come to me as a coaching client or they come to me as a campaign client. Because with my coaching clients, it's more about booking sessions to help them brainstorm, booking mm -hmm. sessions to help them break past um, mindset blocks or to give them ideas that maybe they haven't thought about before. A lot of times I have. Um, clients come to me who don't have any sort of experience and they haven't built anything or like a media kit or anything like that before. So then I go through it with them and go, okay, what, what is it that you're looking to do with your book? Okay. You want to reach romance podcasts. Okay. Have you had any luck building relationships with them just on social media, just by chatting and, and, you know, um, talking about romance books with them before. Do you have a network already? Um, has there been, have you had questions, had to feel questions about assets that they're asking for going beyond like, you know, high resolution images of your book cover and things like that? How do you, um, how do you want to approach that? What is it about writing your biography as an author that you're stuck on, right? What, what parts do you, um, think that you might, might be, maybe you shouldn't share for this book and you might save for your next campaign, things like that. So just asking questions to really get them thinking mm -hmm. about putting those pieces together. And usually at the end of a coaching call, I'll also send them resources. Mm -hmm. So examples of media kits that I've put together for clients in the past, examples of other um, media kits in, in the industry and things like that of, of what people have done that has worked um, to kind of get them along their way with a campaign client because that requires me to be a lot more hands-on then it's really about building out a you know okay what's your schedule mm -hmm. for 
launching? What's your schedule for, you know, when you want to get more of this press on the go? And do you have assets already built for your media kit? Do you have um, a, a list of people that you might want to contact that I could use? Do you have, you know, and usually what happens is some clients have a media kit built that I just have to update. Others, we start from scratch and I spend a lot of time building the lists for them mm-hmm. based on genre, based on um, location. Cause I tell them to go local and regional a lot of the times because there's going to be local and regional newspapers, radio stations, podcasts, and that who have supported authors before. So looking into that and then also um, going global, going online to see what sort of larger podcast platforms might be interested in in hosting them, things like that, going uh, even local broadcast radio and TV. And throughout that process, I'm consistently checking in with my client and and doing sort of these touchstone moments of, this is what I have so far. Do you have any suggestions of people you want me to add? Are there contacts that you've, because I believe that it's really, um, when I'm doing a hands-on campaign, it's very, very much a collaborative process. And that actually busts one of the myths that I mentioned earlier, where there's, um, there have been people who have believed that they could just be hands off in the PR process. Mm-hmm. And, I've to- and I've said over and over again that when it comes to building a hands-on campaign, when you're actually working with a publicist to do that, any publicist who is passionate about you, your message, and your projects can't move forward without your input. Because it's your brand, your reputation, and your books that are on the line. So every step of the way, I always check in with my clients to make sure, are you happy with this? Because if you're not, then we can, I I don't send anything out without your say-so. So let's tweak it until you're happy, and then we send it out. And then I manage the media relations portion for them where I'm, scheduling the interviews i'm sending interview questions back and forth um i'm responding to um other inquiries for events um review opportunities all of that kind of thing that so that they don't have to worry about taking on that themselves on the coaching side i'm really about guiding them and giving them the resources and the knowledge to sort of go through that journey on their own And that when they get stuck, you know, they're having troubles building their media list or they're not getting responses from the pitches that we, that they've sent out. That's when we book a coaching call and I go through it with them and go, okay, where are you having trouble? You know, what's been the response so far? Can I see what you've done so far? And we can sort of workshop this together. Sure. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're um, coming up with these strategies, you know, you, you develop these PR strategies, you help people create their own. What, um, what does a PR strategy kind of encompass? Going back to sort of what I mentioned earlier with the four um, cornerstones or principles of PR being mindset, positioning, diversification, and consistency, I believe that 
for me as a publicist, the job just doesn't end after I've gotten someone an interview, mm -hmm. right? Throughout the whole way, I'm helping them bust the mindset blocks, answering their questions about where to research, what tools to use, whether or not it's a good idea to, let's say, pay for coverage, mm -hmm. um, you know, all of those sorts of things. And I'm also helping them to, once the piece of press coverage comes out, to promote it. Because that was something that authors that had come to me previously who had worked with other PR firms had said, it's like, yeah, I've done a bunch of interviews and I didn't Bad see it. it. Right, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see anything come from it. And I said, okay, well, did the publicist promote it? They said, no. I said, did you promote it? Yes, but did the podcast or the blog or whoever promoted it? They said, no. I said, here's the thing. The job, at least in my view, for a publicist or a PR coach doesn't end just because you get that piece of press coverage. You know, you right. get that interview. If nobody knows that you've done it, <laughs> right. it's, it's actually worse than if you never did it at all, to be honest. <laughs> you know, so then we go through promotion strategy right? Mm -hmm. Don't, don't just share the link and expect somebody to read through paragraph after paragraph, mm -hmm. right? Or, or listen to an hour long podcast episode, break it up into bite-sized chunks and really highlight the points that you think, um, show you in your best light that you can actually get discussions going with people on mm -hmm. and share that in image form and text form, uh, audio and vision, like a video forum as well to really entice people to go, oh, hey, you know, this person, like this author that I pay attention to and I'm on their newsletter list has a new interview out. I'd love to learn more about what it is that they talked about. I'm going to listen to this. Um, and, and I think that that's a really crucial part to help keep that momentum going and, and why consistency is such a huge part of PR because a lot of times after a campaign is done, the momentum kind of dies off. Mm -hmm. So every time you have something to launch, you have to start over again. And I keep telling um, authors that approach me, I keep telling my clients, there are ways to keep that momentum going. And that is keeping that content coming of the interviews that you've done of like, mm -hmm. you know, key review quotes that you have because your audience is always growing. So there's always going to be somebody that didn't see it the first time you posted it. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is how you keep reaching new people and the diversification piece in the middle there is just really about not pigeonholing yourself too much. I mean, there's a lot of people that have said to me, ah, it's so overwhelming. I don't know where to start because there's so many different places I could go look at. Right. So I say, okay, start small and just start with genre podcasts, mm -hmm. author related podcasts. Once you get comfortable with that and you have some experience pitching them and doing interviews on there, expand out and see if you can get notice from more like writing related websites and author related websites, you know, there's always like diversifying means that you are casting a wide net. 
to reach as many people as possible across as many different platforms as possible. But it doesn't mean that you need to do it all at once. Right. I'm always, I'm always uh, a huge proponent of just taking it one step at a time and taking it one section at a time so that once you get comfortable and you have that uh, knowledge and that experience, you can continue to build on that by moving to the next area. Right. Those are great points. And and I think that's, you know, breaking everything down just by a little bit, little bit, little bit. And I love your advice on starting with just the genre specific podcast because people get very intimidated and it's, it's good to have a lot of practice answering questions and, and all of that before you start, especially if you do want a larger media campaign, if you want to go on television, if you want, like you have to be really, really ready to answer questions when you're on, on live TV. I've done, I've done four live T and live TV interviews and they are scary, but the, but the thing, I mean, cause you are on live TV. What you say is what the world is going to see. There's no editing. Like I am very nice in, in my um, podcast world where I know things will get edited out. If I make a mistake, it's all good. But I knew I was comfortable because I talk about it a lot. I knew what I was speaking of. There wasn't a question in the world that she could ask me that I wouldn't be prepared to answer because of my comfort level. And I think that's, you know, just having the opportunity to start with, and it doesn't even have to be podcasts. There's lots of people doing um, IG interviews, Instagram um, uh, live interviews and Facebook interviews. And you can go into someone's Facebook group and do all these things to prep you for that part. So I just wanted to to piggyback on that for a minute because I think um, that that speaking of the mindset that you do coaching with, like right there is a huge mindset block. There's no way I can do a live interview. And trust me, you can get there. It just takes practice, lots of practice and practice and practice. Um, but also, um, so 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 you work with clients in in a couple of different ways. Some is teaching them, and some is actually doing for them. I forgot what I was going to ask you next about that. I was thinking about the, uh, as a podcaster getting pitched and, and, um, you know, just wanted to kind of talk about that for a moment, because as you mentioned, sometimes it can be really informal. Like for me, they can, I, I am a okay with just informal, like, Hey, I've heard your podcast. I'm also an author or I'm a publicist or I'm this person or that person. And I think I can bring some value to your audience. And I'm like, cool, that's awesome but I've started getting some really formal pitches. So I see the difference. I mean, I, a publicist pitched another person uh, to me and it was very formal. And in some ways that's really nice because all the work is done for you. Like, I don't have to ask any questions of, well, what would you like to talk about? Um, you know, cause that's one of the things, if it's not clear in your pitch, what could you bring my audience? So um, I think that's a big point when you're pitching people, even if it's informal, to make sure that you at least say, here's what I can bring to your audience. Exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of people also come to me and say that, well, I'm not getting responses. Mm-hmm. And why am I not getting responses? And, and my answer to that is you always should be looking at your pitch and how you're pitching mm-hmm. and whether or not you're actually spending the time to do your research Um, to see what these topics these people covered, who they've talked to recently, whether or not your um, topic ideas actually fit in with what it is that they they talk about. Because that's also really important is that the, the other part of this, in addition to 
some people thinking that, oh, bigger is, is better. And that's why I always have to reach for the mainstream. I say that, A, that's not necessarily true because just because they have a large audience, that doesn't mean that that large audience is going to be interested in your story right. because it, it is so generic. It is so mainstream and they have people paying attention to them from all walks of life. Right. The other part of it is, is that yes, the larger your media list is and the more people you pitch, the more chances you'll have of getting a response. Mm -hmm. But that shouldn't be at the detriment of actually spending the time to do the research to see whether or not someone's a good fit. I would rather, you know, clients of mine spend time really researching and building a really, really strong list of say 40 to 50 people, mm -hmm. as opposed to 500 maybes. Right. So that is such a good point. Um, or 500 people who just don't reply at all, because I will tell you that um, we also accept guest submissions to our women in publishing website. So there's two opportunities really for, well, three opportunities for people to show up in front of our audience. Well, four opportunities, if you count our workshops and webinars, but you have, you have the podcast, you have, and, and this is the reason I'm saying this is for our listeners, like this is another thing is to look at the different opportunities that an organization has, like there may be multiple ways that you can fit in. So, you know, we have the opportunity to guest post on our website. We have the opportunity to submit to be a speaker for the conference. We have the, the um, podcast, and then we do webinar and workshop training series. So there's lots of ways that you can, can get in there, but I will tell you one thing and this is my second entity that I've run a podcast around. I used to have a, um, a mom, uh, a podcast for moms called Lose the Cape. And um, and we, for both sites, like we will randomly get cold pitches from people that it is obvious they have no idea about anything that we are doing or talking about or writing. And that, my friends, is the most annoying thing in the entire world because um, you know, if somebody randomly comes out and is like, we'd like to pitch, you know, great recipe and wine pairings to your audience of women. And I'm like, okay, there's a good chance that women in our audience would like to know what goes well with wine and food, but that's not why they come to us. They come to us to learn that, you know? So, so it's just like, like those are immediate, just like deletes. Like we don't even reply to those. It's just like, nope, they don't even know who we are. But when somebody um, is like, you know, I just listened to the podcast episode, you know, 58 with Lillian Sue, and I was blown away by her magnificent tips and just the conversation that you all had. I love this. I, I do this for authors and I'd love to be on your podcast. Those are almost always like, awesome. You know, of course, with a couple tips, like here's who I am and here's what I talk about. But knowing that audience, um, I have a, a, a memoirist that I'm working with who told me the other day, she was like, I've, I've been listening to this particular podcast. She said, I binge listened to all 254 episodes. And she was like, and I, but I didn't find a single one that covered like my kind of story. Should I pitch them? And I was like, Heck yes, you should. And you should lead with, I've listened to all 254 episodes and this one super touched me or, you know, I was really moved by this one or whatever. But I was like, I promise you, if anyone sent me that email, I'd be like, how can we book you? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's really about at the end of the day, 
building relationships. Right. And as a part of the author community myself, where I interact with authors daily, and, and I've been able to build relationships where I beta read for these guys, I arc, arc post oh, wow. arc reviews and everything. <laughs> like we have fun. And I'm always saying like, hey, you took a risk in putting yourself out there on social media to become part of the community too. Mm-hmm. And you managed to build these relationships with fellow authors because you open doors for each other in the sense that y- you become less afraid to share yeah. about, you know, your creative process, about procrastination, about, God, I'm having a horrible writing day today and, and just nothing's clicking. Right. You know, what, what do you guys do to kind of take yourself away from that to keep the story ideas flowing and everything else? And I say, you know, you've done that. PR is just doing that on a different scale because the outlets that you are reaching are not necessarily fellow authors, but they might become authors after hearing your interview because they could (laughs) be inspired by what you've done, right? And and I think that the other part of it too is when a lot of people see um, New York Times bestsellers. Mm-hmm. getting sort of the major like you know you mentioned earlier that the, the today show with the talk show circuit mm-hmm. or doing like the bbc in the uk they get intimidated by that and what i always focus on is like what you don't see is how they built up to that yes absolutely you know i have a great example actually there is a a, a, a new author her name is ali casaza um and she actually it started off as a blogger she's a she's a kind of a christian mom blogger she does um she does actually a lot of like uh home home stuff organizing stuff and things like that and it's funny because i had her on my mom podcast lose the cape gosh probably seven or eight years ago when she was just like, you know, uh, just a a little old blogger doing her thing, but she did her work. She did her effort. She got, uh, she has worked on building her, her profile, her content, all of these types of things. And the reason this is so relevant to authors is because this, this next thing I'm going to say is exactly what authors need to build to, to get to that point. She built this huge platform of people just love what she's doing and putting out into the world. She got signed by a, um, by one of the imprints of Random House, I believe it was. And um, she posted yesterday on her social media that she sold 50,000 books. And that doesn't just, you don't just you don't just come out the door as a person that nobody's ever heard of and sell 50,000 books. That mm. didn't even happen with 50 shades of gray. People like to think that she was an unknown author, but that's not, not at all what happened. There's a huge big story behind how she got to where she was. There's, there's really no such thing as an overnight success. Um, there's something unless, okay, somebody's going to say, well, this happened, you know, there's always one incident where it's like some incident, incident, <laughs> where someone gets on, on on social media and rants about something and it goes viral. And, you know, there's always little things like that. But the reality is that it's what you've been talking about, relationship building, starting with where you're comfortable, starting in places where, yes, you may be talking to other authors and then building up so that you're getting in front of people that aren't authors so that you get more readers and so that you get more people that are interested in buying your book and all that kind of stuff. But you have to start somewhere and you have to start building that platform and 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 building that, not just the platform, but the portfolio so that when you do want to pitch 
bigger places, bigger media outlets, you have a B-roll or you have, you know, samples from podcasts that you've been on or all those types of things, which, you know, are little steps that you get to. And it, it sounds like you are just incredible at helping um, create authors that foundation so that as they're ready to move up, they can, they're ready. They can't just, you know, pop out the door and hello, you know, Oprah, I'm ready to be on, on your TV, on your, whatever her show is now, Soul Sunday. (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's the reason why I'm able to do that is because I was in the exact same place myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been doing this line of work for next year, it'll be 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And I spent most of that 15 years believing that, you know, the work that I do for clients and the results I generate for them will speak for themselves, right? I don't need to share anything about myself, right? The people <laughs> that come through my door will learn that soon enough. Well, it wasn't until I went through business coaching and mindset coaching myself that I kind of mm-hmm. took a step back and went, people sign up to work with someone like me because they buy into what I'm saying. They like yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. They, they like what I'm willing to share. And if my goal is to teach people how to build a healthy and strong mindset so that they have better <laughs> coping mechanisms, I can't very well do that if I'm not living it myself, you know, if I'm not walking the walk myself, like my business is founded on that old proverb where they say, you know, you uh, take a man fishing, he'll eat for a day, you teach him how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. And I really believe how powerful that is, is because once you people have that knowledge, and they have that skill set, and they have the resources to lean on, nobody can take that away from you. That's right. That's with you for life. And, you know, when you are building up for these places, you know, from a place where you start small and then you work your way up, there's people that are like, oh, well, it takes too long. Right. So my question is, how badly do you want this? Right. How badly do you want to achieve these goals? And clearly, you know, you've come to me because what you're doing so far has not gotten you to where you want to go. Right. So how badly do you want this? Because at the end of the day, for a lot of these folks that I talk to, they've been working on their first books for five years, right? six years, 10 right. years, however right. long it takes them. And it's like you had the patience to stick with that story because it spoke to you. It came from your heart. Now, my question is, what is your dedication to making sure that you find the like-minded people mm-hmm. that are going to like your story is going to resonate with them. Yeah. How dedicated are you to that? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you focus on mindset because that's one thing. That's one reason that we focus so much on mindset in uh, generally in, in our conference and in our off season um, uh, webinars, because that's one thing that we just see over and over and over is the blocks and the fears and and the things that don't allow people to move forward because they get paralyzed by those types of things. So I think it's great, especially around PR and publicity that just just by themselves carry carry some fear with them, you know. Um, but this has been just a, a really wonderful um, conversation. And I will I've got several links that you sent over that I'll make sure are in 
the show notes so that people can connect with you and check out your, your stuff. But if you want to, for people who are listening while they're driving or doing something else at the moment, if you just want to tell them the best way to connect with you, where you're at, your social media or your website, whatever you'd like to share, and the rest will be in the show notes. Sure. Yeah. To connect with me, I'm always on Instagram posting actionable tips and strategies every day, like five days a week. So you can find me at uh, Lillian Sue copywriter PR. And that's all one word. I need to make sure I'm following you and do that right now. I am a, I'm a woman who likes to take action in the moment or it goes away out of my brain. So, um, well, thank you so very much. Um, I really appreciate this. And, and you gave some really great strategies and um, thoughts, thoughts, you know, foundational thoughts for how to build that base for your PR strategy. So thank you. I, uh, I'm happy to help always. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.